This is Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State, a podcast about exploring the hidden gems right in your own backyard. Hey everyone, welcome to Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State. I'm your host, Marissa, and I'm here with our other host, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Marissa. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Great. Absolutely fantastic. Is there any snow on the ground by you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I just came in from letting the dog outside, and it is now snowing sideways, so I feel very cozy. <laughs> inside, oh, no. So. You know yeah. that's a bad sign. A little bit. Yeah, it's a little is, little chilly out. Is it sticking on the ground? A little bit, but it's not as bad as what, say, New York, like the Buffalo area is getting right now, right. which is like four feet of snow. So, Yowza. Okay. What about, have you heard anything about uh, the place we're talking about today, Wellfleet, Massachusetts, in terms of their uh, weather? I haven't. No. I mean, I assume that it's not nearly as bad as kind of like the snow belty region, but I mean, it is in Massachusetts, which gets a little bit chilly itself. Right. Yes. I did see it was uh, average high temp was in the 40s for Wellfleet in uh around this time in november so that is a little bit alarming but no snow <laughs> i mean to me not so alarming but yeah definitely uh <laughs> definitely cold not so much yeah not a lot of snowfall i'd have to assume that being such a coastal town that kind of prevents a lot of that so um, yeah that's true yeah. well a uh, great segue into talking about this town i don't know about you but i really loved researching wellfleet uh, again, similar to a lot of our other small towns that we've covered, this one is right by water, which makes mm -hmm. me very happy. Did you have any initial thoughts about Wellfleet? Did you have any maybe like stereotypical ideas of what a Massachusetts town would look like? How did this fall into that? Uh, so I didn't have any idea before launching into it. Uh, I did not realize that it was in Cape Cod, like kind of in the middle and it's uh, double coasting, water mm. on both sides, which I love. That's great. Yeah, that, that was really neat to find that out. I also didn't know that it was in Cape Cod. I think that's really, really cool. Um, shout out to my mom mm -hmm. who is like dying to live in Cape Cod. So uh, oh, maybe really? can convince her. Yeah, <laughs> that's like nice. her goal is to live in Cape Cod and just kind of chill by the ocean. So uh, yeah, I'm going to send her this and be like, mom, here's your chance. I've, I got to convince well, you. <laughs> I will say that so Wellfleet has a population of like 3,500, but during the summer it swells nearly like six times that to over 17,000. So Ooh. it gets popular. Yeah. Okay. So right. she might not want to live too close to the resort town if she wants to be, you know, relaxed all year or just right. rent out the space during the summer, make bank. That is true. Actually, excellent point. Yeah. I have to convince her though to leave Florida too. Which, you know, she lives in another beach town in Florida, but just completely different mm. vibes. I feel like a Florida coastal town yeah. to a Massachusetts coastal town. Yep, absolutely. So Wellfleet came with a lot of the same adjectives, I feel like, that we see when people are talking about small towns in the U.S. Historic, mm -hmm. charming, quaint, character. Yes. Did you find anything else that were like the typical adjectives, which rightly so, because this place is adorable and uh, every, any sort of adjective that's used is definitely, I feel like fits the bill. 
but did you find any any other um adjectives nicknames with the way people described it well it actually made me think of what we discussed lap- last episode which you referred to as blue mind and it made me wonder like how many of our small towns that we've picked are actually on a river on the coast you know just near water and giving it that kind of calm just really charming quality like obviously there are places like lebanon that aren't on a major body of water but it, it, that's what it made me think of, honestly, just like this, like the charming coastal town and being adjacent to water, just giving it that extra oomph in terms of just like a cute town to visit. Right. And similar to when we featured Hot Springs, North Carolina, because that was right on a river. It doesn't have to even be a, a coastal town. It doesn't have to be on the ocean. I think yeah. it, it is interesting just drawing those parallels of, hey, this is our list of small town getaways, people that really love their towns and they love living there and all they have are great things to say. And it just so happens that there's a body of water nearby. So maybe there mm-hmm. is some science behind that. Yeah. I mean, I I would love to live near a body of water, whether it's a lake, river, um, ocean. I mean, obviously the ocean would be the best, but even, you know, uh, Saugatuck, Michigan on one of the, you know, Great Lakes is still amazing or Lambertville on a river. So, right. yeah. It would be it'd be lovely. Yeah, true. And with that coastal access, Wellfleet, Massachusetts has become the go to place for fishing, shelling and oysters, Mm -hmm. which is very cool. That's how people really uh, besides just the natural element, which we can get into. It is known as a fishing town and the oysters there are one of the greatest delicacies in town. They have in Wellfleet over 200 acres of tidal estuaries in and around the area that are leased to local fishermen for the purpose of farming shellfish, which I think is super Mm -hmm. neat. Yeah, although it started as like a whaling and maybe fishing town, they have been focused more on shellfish. And I actually saw when researching, you know, how interesting would it be to apply for like a shelling license before you, I don't know if that's what it's actually called, uh, but to get a license to go uh, get shellfish and maybe participate a little bit. I'm not sure if that's an option, but it would be very interesting to me. Yes. Well, that's actually interesting that you say because in my research, seasonal visitors, you can actually buy a recreational shellfish permit that yes. during the summer months yeah. allows you to shellfish twice a week. That is so cool. I would love to do that. I think it'd be just really neat. Yeah. Like what a cool experience just to kind of like go out there and, you know, catch your own fish, bring in your own shellfish. And I mean, like live off of the land, I guess. Do people still say that? Yeah. Is that an updated term? I, I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I mean, even if you were into uh actual fishing, which honestly I'm not much of a fisherman myself or a fisher person, angler. Um, but I saw that you can get charter boats to actually take you out as well if you're interested in fishing, in addition to getting a shell fishing permit. Very cool. Yeah, that would that would I would need some guidance, I feel like it's just kind of dipping my toes in that because I have no idea how to even start uh looking for shellfish but right. <laughs> um yeah so yep. annually i read that wellfleet harvests uh, about 850,000 oysters that sounds like a lot i have right. no frame of reference sounds right. like a ton <laughs> <laughs> yes 
Um, yeah, so that's kind of what it's known for. Did you did you find anything else in your research of uh, what Wellfleet is known for? Well, I was digging into some of the history and I saw that, you know, it was originally parts of it was known as uh, Billingsgate and then also it was part of the neighboring Eastham until like the mid 1760s or so. And I also saw that there was a there's like an, a pirate shipwreck there. So the pirate Ooh. Black Sam Bellamy um sank offshore and there was you know 41 no 41 4.1 tons of gold and silver um most of the ship crew uh died but it was discovered in 1984 the first of only two confirmed pirate shipwrecks i i believe so that's awesome like yeah there were pirates and (laughs) you know they found uh treasure there that's crazy do you know if uh all of the treasure was retrieved I have no idea, but it would be very interesting to see if there's any sort of charter boats or like pirate story boats that take off from the Cape Cod area. Nice. That would be a really cool adventure, actually. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Maybe we got to look into that for an excursion. Right. <laughs> um, one thing I did really love about researching this small town is that it has a lot of really fun, random uh, tidbits of information. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you found uh, anything that was just kind of like off the beaten path stuff that maybe you kind of had to dive deep. Um, but one of them comes in the form of banana importing, which you probably oh. didn't guess I was going to say that. No, but- absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so a gentleman by the name of Captain Lorenzo Dow Baker he is the person responsible for mass-scale banana importing into the country. And he was born and raised in Wellfleet, Massachusetts. And he basically made a fortune taking his boat to Venezuela. He would buy bananas for 25 cents a bunch. And then this was way back when. And then sell them for $3 here in the U.S. in Wellfleet, which is the equivalent to about making a $60 profit per bunch of bananas in in 2018 that's the inflation of okay hold on a second though so you're telling me he sailed from venezuela to sell these bunches and they didn't go brown by then like i swear what magic is that how did he store these bananas question (laughs) right oh my lord yeah how did these bananas make that trek i have no idea uh, but that that's the guy, that captain known around town as uh, the banana guy. The banana. <laughs> so uh, there's always money in the banana stand. So it's uh yeah, I feel like that is something I would not expect. Ab- absolutely, that that's crazy. Wow. All right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, another fun fact is that there is a bell tower clock in town at the first congregational church. It's known as the town clock. And it rings at odd times of day. So it's like you definitely can't base your watch on this clock. But it is the only bell clock in the world that still chimes on ship's time. Oh, I did see that. What wealthy it was. Yeah. Isn't that so cool? So what is ship's time? (laughs) Yeah. Apparently it's not the time that we use anymore. Okay. Um, But yeah. Excellent question. I wonder if it's if it has to do with uh, ships coming in and out fog rolling in and out i'm not really sure okay so just a quick google search obviously doing this on the fly uh 
Ship's bell time originated in sailing ship days when the crew of a vessel was divided into port and starboard watches, each on duty four hours, then off four hours. One stroke of the ship's bell indicates the first half hour of the watch. Then an additional bell is struck for each succeeding half hour. Wow, that is a lot. That is a lot of <laughs> bell uh, wow. tones. Whew. That's, yeah. Imagine just like hearing these random chimes throughout the day and then just feeling really stressed out because you have no concept of what right. time is. <laughs> <laughs> like what is happening? Right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So those are just some fun facts that I learned about Wellfleet, which... That is really cool. Yeah. Did you have any, um, I know you're big on hauntings and creepy stuff. Did you find anything about Wellfleet that, that uh, you know, kind of falls into that? <laughs> I tried. Uh, it is a very historic <laughs> town. I will say that the inn at Duck Creek had some alleged paranormal history. It's located on okay. Main Street and the inn was originally built in 1810 as a home for a sea captain and his family. And it's made up of four separate buildings. It's still standing to this day. You can stay there. And it has the oldest existing tavern in Wellfleet. However, you know, miscellaneous ghost stories. And I'm I'm a skeptic, but I'm fascinated by ghost stories. So there wasn't anything right. really to report. But if you are into that kind of history, check out the Inn at Duck Creek. I will say, though, uh, probably the most fascinating thing that I would want to see uh, spoiler alert, is the uh, now-gone Billingsgate Island. So hmm. the uh, the lighthouse in the island that used to cover, not the lighthouse, covering 60 acres, but the area was 60 acres, and Billingsgate Island boasted 30 homes and a schoolhouse. Uh, the lighthouse was the second built in Cape Cod in 1822, hmm. but because of, I think, harsh weather and changing tides, it no longer exists. Uh, the remains can be seen during low tide, and it can be visited by boat, and you can actually explore it. So I think that would be just a really unique day trip to see You know, the remains of an island that used to be there. That's really cool. So mm -hmm. the lighthouse isn't standing anymore either? I, I don't think anything is. Like Unless you go at low tide, I don't think you can see anything. Wow. How interesting. That would be cool if it had, uh, you know, you can still kind of at low tide or you could scuba dive and see any yeah. remnants underneath the water. That would be really neat. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, in terms of geography, did you find out uh, anything about Wellfleet that would give people an an easy way to find it or just like a general idea of where it is in Massachusetts? So similar to how you point to the mitten for Michigan, I, I saw that it is between the tip and the elbow of Cape Cod. So if there is yeah. an arm flexing, it's right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I did. I, again, I didn't know it was part of uh, Cape Cod, which I thought was really neat. Um, and I'm not really big in terms of uh, Massachusetts geography or knowing much about it. But mm -hmm. uh, Wellfleet sits about 14 miles south of Provincetown. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you can get there by car, right? You don't need a ferry or a boat or a small charter plane. Right. It actually has no rail or air service. So your only option is really a car. You could probably get a ferry, um, but yeah, you have to pretty much drive into Wellfleet. And if you were going to Provincetown, you would drive through Wellfleet. So 
I would imagine that a lot of people like to take a driving tour of, you know, the town on Cape Cod and just go to the tip and then come back down through. But Wellfleet is yeah. kind of in the middle of it all. So it's very nice. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, did you find that it it came across as a walkable, bikeable town? Uh, yes and no. So okay. the, the Cape Cod uh, rail trail goes like north and south sort of through the town. And it goes like 26 miles. So you can go uh, pretty far on it. But I would say if you're going uh, like side to side between the coasts, you might want to get in a car because a bike ride might be an hour versus 20 minutes. But it's still relatively right. bikeable. And I will say in the downtown area, I think that there is, uh, it is pretty walkable. What did you find? Yeah, I yeah. In the downtown area, definitely walkable. I think compared to a lot of other small towns that we featured, there seems to be a lot more natural space. So in terms of just like uh, estuaries, wildlife sanctuaries, um, you know, national seashores, there are, I think, I want to say over like 10 different beaches to visit as part of the area. So with things like that, I feel like all those natural elements, it's not going to be that walkable because there's just so much to see and because all those areas need to be spread out you know to have their own thing kind of going on yeah so if you were going between say macaroni beach which is like on the eastern side and then going to the like the white cedar swamp trail and then over to the great island pathway like it's it is far enough away to where you just probably want to hop in a car yeah definitely especially if you want to see more or get mm-hmm. the most out of your experience. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, we already covered that uh, summer is the the time to go if you like to be around people or the time to not if you don't. Right. But um, did you find uh, any other time of year that uh, might entice people to visit? So I was actually looking between April and June. Uh, so the average high in June is 72, but in April it's more like mid 50s. So I still think it's worth visiting in the spring. Um, yeah. And yes, before it gets super popular, but some of the uh, like the restaurants and the shellfishing operations might be open because a lot of them do close for the season. So I would probably pick whenever things are starting to open up and then go then before the actual uh, like rush of summer. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is a, you know, kind of, I guess, a, an exciting thing for people in summer to check out all these restaurants that are seasonal and uh, shellfishing opportunities, but also a bummer for people if they visit outside of that time frame because I do wonder how many of these restaurants are seasonal yeah. And mm-hmm. what would stay open all year long. Um, but I I did find out uh, in October is their annual Oyster Fest. Ooh. So that would be a reason to visit in the fall. So that's like yeah. a whole weekend of oysters and 5K runs and uh, good food, music, that sort of thing. I do love visiting uh, coastal towns in the fall just because, especially in the late fall, whenever you feel like no one else is really there, it's they're all very sleepy. I mean, obviously there's like the Oyster Fest, but um, yeah, I'd say late fall would be an also a really neat time to to swing by. Yeah, because Wellfleet surprisingly has a lot of uh, hiking trails, which yes. I thought was really cool. So 
probably being able to to hike or just walk the beach and not having a ton of people there would probably mm-hmm. be really fun. I don't know, maybe just because like I'm, you know, mostly identify as an introvert, but uh, having a beach to myself, especially on like a colder day where I can wear a sweater and just kind of yes. walk, that to me is ideal. Well, I mean, at least it adapts uh, to your hoodie wearing. So if it's at least a little bit chilly, <laughs> you're not sweating. But right. yeah, and I do, I do think there's a lot of other things to do. So like um, the like the galleries. There's an actors theater. There's the like the drive-in. Um, the only one left on Cape Cod is in Wellfleet, the drive-in theater. So I think there's a lot to do that doesn't necessarily require hot weather. Um, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does kind of seem like that that type of place where a coastal town is like a versatile phrase. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean you have to spend all day on the beach, but there's really so much more to it. Right. So you mentioned some really cool things about Wellfleet, uh, which is going to just segue us into a perfect day. I would love to hear about what, your perfect day in Wellfleet, Massachusetts would consist of? Okay. Uh, So I think that I've alluded to this before, but I'd probably visit in the spring um, whenever things are beginning to like kick off for the season. And I'd love to stay at these little beach cottages that I found called um, Cooks by the Ocean. They're just like these sleepy little cottages and like the dunes and they're private so it'd be so immersive and away from people and you could just like feel like you own like where you're staying and so that day I would start out by swinging by Wellfleet Harbor via bike so I saw that I could take the Cape Cod Rail Trail down to the harbor bike down and maybe grab some items from Max on the Pier which is a little shack and seafood market stand and just kind of like wander around and see what there is to do, really explore the harbor, then bike back to the cottages, pick up the car and head over to the Great Island Trail, which is a five mile loop. And you can just like take in the peaceful sights. It looks really picturesque and just sort of um, what like you're going to be wandering through beach dunes by yourself and it just looks beautiful. And then uh, I was tempted to do the 26-mile Cape Cod Rail Trail in its entirety, but also I feel like there's so much to do that you have to kind of like pick and choose between the, you know, the hikes that you'd want to take in a day. Um, Mm. And then I think I would head over to the bookstore and restaurant, uh, restaurant for lunch. Uh, It looks really appetizing. Their seafood looks amazing, although I am sure the seafood at all of the places are amazing. Um, But I did really love the kind of quirky, laid-back vibe. And then I would make sure to head out to Billingsgate Shoal around 1230 when it's low tide in April. So that way I could explore the remnants of Billingsgate Island. So I'd probably want to charter a boat or, you know, kind of figure out how to get out there. You can do some shell fishing. You can find like little like concrete um, placements of where things were and just kind of like explore. You can even picnic or, you know, just hang out if you want. So I explore that, but make sure I head back to the mainland before, you know, the tide comes for one. Uh, (laughs) but then I think I'd, I'd probably book a boat tour of the Cape, um, on a sunset catamaran. So Mm. make sure to pick up 
a to-go order from the beachcomber, so like a lobster roll, fish tacos, something like handheld and easy. And it's like a BYOB experience. So just watch the sunset over at Cape Cod from the catamaran and then, you know, head back. Um, I did really want to find time to go to another restaurant based solely on the name. It's the <laughs> Seashore Kitchen and Bar Letter C Shore. So Ooh, nice. I, um, I love wordplay. So and it also looks amazing. But yeah, I think that would be uh, my perfect day. How about you? That sounds great. I love that you uh, have a sunset catamaran in there. Also exploring mm-hmm. a, an underwater island. Uh, yeah, that sounds really great. Um, yeah, for my perfect day, looks like we're staying at the same place because I too think Cooks by the Ocean is incredible. Uh, nice. Very cool. Beachside cottages. You can't beat that. It's just like absolutely. A, it, it looks like its own kind of small town. Uh, overlooking the Atlantic that mm-hmm. it's sitting on top of an 80-foot dune. And there are 14 cottages of different It was just so cute. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely I, w- I would start there. Um, I'm going to mix it up this time. Uh, no coffee for me because there's no time. So we're going <laughs> straight to the Wellfleet Bay Wildlife Sanctuary. Uh, this mm-hmm. is like a huge tourist draw for people in the best possible way because I think it said five or six hiking trails you have to choose from. There are boardwalk trails, tons of wildlife. It's like the best place to go to get a front row seat to the wildlife of the area. So I feel like that's like the perfect way to kick off the day. Um, and then also Great Island Trail is also on my list. Uh, okay. You can, it's a, five mile loop you can finish it under two hours and then someone on all trails said that they came across a humpback whale skull and jawbone still oh. intact yeah dang that's really cool Which would wow be wi- i know like that would be wild to see so uh that that was on the great island trail and i also chose bookstore and restaurant um, Very not nice. just for the name, but <laughs> it, is, it like, is great though. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was like, when I, I was really hoping that they have books and they do, there's a place called oceans of books and it's new, uh, nice. new and used books that you can buy. And it's part of this, uh, seasonal restaurant experience that has been open since the 1960s, which I feel is, is, really Oh, wow. Cool. That's very cool. Yeah. And so attached to that, is called the Bomb Shelter Pub, and Ooh. that is not seasonal. It's open daily at 4 p.m. year-round, and you kind of have to go down into a basement, and it's like a bomb shelter theme, but it's just like a pub and bar where you can grab some drinks and just hang with locals. Oh, my uh, goodness. So I that, can't believe I missed that. Yeah. That is such up my alley. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yeah, convinced. they had a couple of really cool uh, things inside too, like a uh, old uh, old school uh, underwater diving helmet. You know those like metal helmets mm. with the yeah. So it just yeah. looks like a really neat place. Um, and then I would end the night at Wellfleet Drive-In because I love a good drive-in movie, and it's so rare to find them nowadays. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, when's the last time you've been to a drive-in movie? Oh, gosh. It's been a really long time. I want to say, 
I don't know, sometime in the last decade. There, there's one in wow. South Florida. It's like similar to this one because this one is also part of a an open air flea market. Um, yes. That's kind of what we have in Florida too. It's in Fort Lauderdale called uh, Swap Shop. And it's like part flea market, part drive-in theater. Oh, very cool. It's huge. Yeah, what about you? Uh, Well, I just so happen to live very close to one in Ohio. And throughout the pandemic, yeah, I actually started going again because I'm like, well, this is a safe way to enjoy movies, you know, just in the back of a car or... Yeah, like a back of a truck. So it was, um, yeah, I did that a lot. And but before then, oh my gosh, I was probably like five. So yeah, <laughs> it was quite a while. Yeah. But still, like, what a great experience. I feel like uh, drive-ins because you know, oh, like, gosh, especially yeah. the the one by you. Does it have modern movies? Does it like do cult classics or just stick to like more modern? Yeah, both actually. Um, I saw like cool. new blockbusters. I went to see like. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street and Lost Boys. So they do like releases nice. just timing with the year. So it was, yeah, it was really cool. That's so cool. I'm, I'm very jealous. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So that is Wellfleet, Massachusetts in a nutshell. Was there anything else that you found uh, that you'd want people to know about Wellfleet? Uh, well, not that I found, and it's not about Wellfleet, but it actually reminded me of, uh, so I watched the show Midnight Mass, and it actually was filmed in Vancouver, so it's different area of the, you know, North America. However, it w- being in those cottages and being in a sleepy little coastal town reminded me so much of it, I felt like it would be a great time to go almost during Halloween. If you're a fan of spooky, mm. creepy things, I feel like it would be an awesome time to go. And also, hey, Oyster Fest. Two birds, one stone. Um, yeah, no, I do watch Midnight Mass, and yes, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I love that we're making uh, Gilmore Girls references and Midnight Mass, and just cover- covering all of our bases uh, across this podcast. Right. <laughs> If you're ready to take on this adventure with us, exploring the best small town getaways across the United States, make sure to like and subscribe on whatever listening platform you use. Only in Your State is an award-winning travel publisher that uncovers hidden gems and local favorites across the U.S. We have a presence in all 50 states with a passionate following of fellow travelers looking to get out and explore. Head on over to onlyinyourstate.com to find the best attractions in your backyard and beyond.